Hello Rebels, before we kick off today's episode, let me ask you a question. What if we could help you unlock your marketing superpower in one day or less? Actually, to be precise, I mean three hours. Yes, you heard it right. What I'm asking you is three hours of your time to join us for a brand new intensive experience on Marketing Deep Dive. One day masterclass that will help you create marketing strategies that capture hearts and mind. And every single masterclass is going to dive deep into one of our favorite topics of marketing. Maybe that email marketing, hiring, or even automations and beyond. If you want to get the fast track ticket to become irresistible, then I suggest you check out our upcoming marketing deep dive, where you're going to get two hours of hands-on training with lots of exercises and practical group work as well. Plus one hour bonus office hours and Q&A. Oh, and we also have a personalized dashboard and bonus templates to help you apply what you learn in our three hours. And just to put a little bow on it, you also get a certificate of completion to show up wherever you can see. If you'd like to find out what is coming up next and which one is our next marketing deep dive, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash masterclass. There you'll be able to find our schedule with our upcoming masterclass for you to join. On with today's show. Hey, Marketing Rebels, it's Fab here, your marketing BFF and head teacher of Marketing School, a modern school teaching you how to market to hearts. Together each week, we'll share the freshest news, tactics and insights you simply can't miss. And today I'm joined by the one and only Jess Bibi Bruno. That's the thing now. To say really fast, Jess Bibi Bruno. I'm going to start actually with a question uh, straight on, Jess, off the bat. We're just kind of, we're running. We're not even walking, we're running today. It's great. Like we're, we're you're in launch mode, I'm in post-cohort mode. So bam, bam, bam. Biggest, okay, I'm going to start nicely. Biggest win of 2023 so far. See, I started nice. That's, that's such a, that's, there's, there's been so many. There's been so many. I think one of my biggest wins is that I've actually stopped working at 5 p.m. And I've actually taken weekends off. Like my body, unless I've got something specifically planned in that's like a few weeks in advance, my body, my body clock turns off after five and I physically can't work anymore. And it's been really good for me. That's a win. That's my favorite win. That's actually a great kind of win. Bam. Snap. Listen, by the way, you can think about a win for yourself as well while we ask these questions. And then my second question to you is biggest flop, not lesson, not mistake, flop of 2023. Business? Personal? Oh, let's go with business. Let's okay. Let's do the business team. Biggest business flop of 2020. Um, mm, there's been so many. Where to go? It's a theme, isn't it? So many goods and so many ups and so many downs, as they say. I've been very close to burnout multiple times this year and uh, we've got messages back and forth of me telling you how tired and burnt out I am I'm doing too much never again but I think pushing myself to the limits one too many times in 2023 is a huge flop because it just trickles over into everything yeah that's a good point again dear listener think about your own wins and flops I just thought just though I started light. No, I love that. <laughs> love it, love it. I just start like one of the reasons why I wanted to ask you these questions is because we are 
going to be jumping in some predictions, uh, which I think is going to be a lot of what I'm going to talk about in the next few roundups, because half of marketing is prediction and half of marketing is testing, which is probably where some of my flops of the year come from, uh, for better or worse. i a flop. Oh, okay. Go on. Go on. <laughs> See, I like how you gave us like the very inspirational kind of like burnout, but better. And now you're like, oh, got something juicy. This is the juicy really, word. Really this juicy. is the juicy voice. Go on. Like, mm, nightmare client. Absolute nightmare client. Shouldn't have said yes to. Knew from the beginning when we started working together. This is, I, I was already giving too much. I was going above and beyond. I was like, stretching out my services. I was doing things I don't do for anyone else and charging way, way, way less. And the, the fact that I said yes, the fact that I didn't follow my gut with that client. That was a huge flop. I love mm-hmm. that. That's actually, that. yeah. that's a great one. That's an important one. Oh, we're not working together anymore, by the way. So anyone that's listening that is my client is definitely not you. I love you all so much. And I love this nightmare client as well, but it was just, I, I should have said no. It was not meant to be, basically. That's Mm-mm. kind of what we're getting at. No, ma'am. Um, before, ma'am. Before, before we predict, we predict and talk about some exciting things that you have on, which I'm, uh, now I want to know about. Do you want to hear my wins and my flops? My wins and flops? Of course. Tell me everything. Give me your win. My main win of this year, I think, has been, weirdly enough, um, going all in. So again, I kind of spanning out and neither of us have got like the kind of stereotypical wins that you think you would have, like landing a client for a million pounds or dollars. Because to me, like the biggest win has actually been going all in with the school, which also has brought some flops in. But it means that I've just been like, I'm going to do everything that I do is related to what we want to build, whether it's the school, whether it's some of the agency stuff that we do through the school. But it all comes from that and for better or for worse. You know, when I talk about the school, I'm not excited to talk about it. I talk about it all the time to everybody. And it just allowed me to kind of feel like it's not a plan. There's not a plan B, C, D, E, F, G, which sometimes we don't talk about, but a lot of us have at the back of our heads. And it just feels so much better. So brain space clarity, excitement, and it means more opportunities, more partnerships for next year, more chances to talk. I'm going to talk at a festival next year and <gasps> next year. I mean, I'm going to say I am. Let me wait until we confirm it, but I'm pretty sure they booked me in. So, you know, things oh, like yeah. that. And just has the founder of the school. So really embracing that. And then related to that, there's the flop. Flop. There's actually a few, but I'm going to tell you one as an example, but that's that's the main flop itself is experimenting, which you wouldn't see as a flop, but you have to be honest, it is experimenting a lot of things and a lot of them not working out, which in itself, it sounds like, you know, but the importance of the fact that this is a flop that you cannot avoid, but it still sucks, is that you try something, you put a lot of time into it. Obviously, if it doesn't work, you're not going to repeat it, but it still spend a lot of time. And the most recent one, just to give you an example, is um, we did a little bit of a Black Friday marketplace where people could just put their offers in. And then uh, we amplified a newsletter and stories and stuff like that. And I wasn't expecting a gazillion people, but I still was expecting more people to be like, actually, I would love for that. And I think it was a combination of, and I want to hear your opinion as well, because a lot of us want to do things for others. But I think sometimes we forget, one, the timing. Two, people sometimes, I think, feeling even ashamed of talking about these things and just being like putting it out there, like what they're doing. And also people being really last minute and already having their own kind of strategy in their head. And so they don't really, you know, they're focusing so much on kind of promoting and they aren't really looking elsewhere, which was a shame because obviously I put some time in setting it up. It was ready, it was a page and we had quite a few entries. But again, 
I would have loved to have a proper marketplace with loads of options from lots of small businesses and especially like consultants and freelancers because everybody was offering something. So you would expect them to be like, yeah, give me another place to showcase. But it didn't work. So I had to check the ego at the door and be like, okay, we did it. We tried it. We pushed it. Move on. But there's been a lot of those. And there's also been a lot of good things that worked. But these things take so much time. And when they don't work, you're like, do I try again differently or do I just let it go? For this one was a big let it go. Literally, I was like, nah, I mean, I want to do more, but I'm going to find other ways. But it's a really fine line between offering people a platform or an option to do something and then being realistic about whether that is going to get done or if for people it's too much time is another thing to do. You know what I mean? I don't know if, it, if I'm making any sense, but that was a big one for me. Yeah, it sucks. It sucks when that stuff happens, when you put loads of time into it and it doesn't come to fruition. Did you, if you're still like in love with the idea and you think you could put it off again next year, I'd just say do it from early. I'll mm-hmm. get people's Black Friday marketplace options in from summer. Fair point. And then it's done. Fair point. Because if they're, if they're having a strategy, like if they've already got a strategy in place for their Black Friday, I'd just like cop them in from early. Yeah. You know what's funny though? I found that from a bit of research we did, most people haven't even had, I don't know how your members have been, but us, our members and in general, our community, people kind of knew what they were going to do, but they didn't have much in place until very last minute. Mm. I find the small, medium businesses, that's where they've been at. They've been like, we know what we're going to do, but then they kept adding things or they kept kind of shifting their promotion. They kept adding posts or emails and stuff. So I think they're still, and we did our talk, which was very successful though, in October. And still, a lot of people thought it was too early. They already struggled mm-hmm. to already have it in place. So okay. I love what you mentioned that. I think well, maybe just of- say, I'd love to amplify your business over Black Friday. You don't really need to have the information about the offer until last minute. But that's a really good point. Put their name in the hat. Yeah. Yeah. I, again, I'm, I think what I'm going to do, and it's what I just mentioned, is just like you sit with these things and then you realize again what is the main reason why I wanted to do it and what yeah. would I do it differently and also you know what resources would I need because like, I just tried it and obviously I kind of had that a bit in mind but I think that's the reflection piece which is only one of the things that I'm good at whereas a lot, I know that a lot of our students are not really naturally making the time to do that whereas uh, my brain works that way it's like okay I've done this thing and since I've done that or started doing that with some of the stuff that I do especially the stuff that doesn't work I've learned a lot more. So a little reminder for anybody else, if you had some flops like mine, very specific and very clear what it was, look at it, whether it was even just your Black Friday offers or it was something else this year. Just look at it and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Would I do it again? And if I did it again, what resources would I need? And how will it work with everything else I'm doing? So that's kind of that. And with that note now, I want to know what happened on TikTok. So let's actually, before we predict what happened on TikTok right now, there's two, things, there's two things happening on TikTok that I really want to chat about because I think they're both juicy. The first thing is, did you know that every fourth video, when you scroll, every fourth video is an ad? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. You'll never, you'll never, go and count everyone listening. Every time you're on TikTok, you'll be inundated now. Not inundated, but you will notice it more. Every fourth video is an advertisement. It doesn't matter if you're on the For You page, even if you are binging someone's content on their page, you will get ads popping up on your phone in front of you. And it just really makes me think, we're all out here so scared to talk about our own offers, our own services. But on TikTok, 
We're all scrolling on there for hours, not even realizing that every fourth video is an ad. How you know what that? it was. You know what it goes in, back into. I saw it in a few places, and I definitely want to explore that more. That um, is the concept of ugly ads. I mean, that's a bit like that's a proper kind of idea, like ugly ads. But I read it as na- I read it as native ads because I mean, when they say that ugly ads, I mean just a very native, a very like literally just a random video, like explaining something or showing something, so it's not fully polished or or edited. And I've seen it a few times, and obviously it talks about video ads mainly. And it shows some static examples, but less so. And I think is that there's a few elements here and my thought here, and I want to hear from you as well. First of all, I love the fact that we're reminding people that yes, they sh- they can talk about what they're offering more. They can talk about what they're selling more. Not that they need permission, but they need a reminder. Um, but also I find that TikTok is a great example though of the type of ads that you create and the type of content that you create just to go into also organic content. As I find that as long as it feels native, to your platform or native to the experience that you want to provide, then I don't see why not. And I'm going to even say, and I want to hear your opinion here. I'm thinking about cross promotion, sorry, cross platform like Instagram, for example. I'm thinking sometimes people are afraid of talking about their services because they think it has to be a different kind of post or different kind of content. But if you are fully focusing on talking head reels, for example, you know, and you want to do a promotional post, that promotional post just obviously other elements like value and hook and and all these things but I think it just should feel like any other post that you do and I think sometimes we almost think that if we're doing carousels for education we cannot do a carousel for promotion if you know what I mean that's what TikTok has always reminded me of when it comes to promotional content just don't make ads make TikTok that's literally what they say yeah I'm with you I'm with you don't make ads just make TikTok that's such that's so powerful that's sick I love that (laughs) but you're making me think about the whole Red Bull thing. Have you seen it go around? The re- everyone talking about Red Bull is amazing. They never talk about Red Bull, but on their account, their the page just does so well. Have you seen it? How Red Bull market, <laughs> markets Red Bull on TikTok? <laughs> Can I just say, it just kills me because what Jess is sounding like right now is like she has seen a marketing girly doing that. Like Red Bull is the best and probably Red one too many marketing girly. They just it really annoys it's- me. It really annoys me because there's all these like really, yeah, the marketing girlies are going in and saying how amazing Red Bull's TikTok is because they never talk about the drink and this is how everyone should market their business. And I'm like, of course Red Bull can do that because it's a household name. And when you think of the word Red Bull, you know it's an energy drink. Or you're like, you're, I know you're like 90% of the people I ask will know that Red Bull is an re- energy drink. If you have a small audience, do not, please don't market your content like Red Bull. Please don't market your offers and services and products like Red Bull. You have to tell people what you are and what you do. That's the second thing that's really annoyed me on TikTok this week. Can I also say that we have to remind ourselves that Red Bull not only has its own, it had its own TV channel. I don't know if it yeah. still does anymore. It has its own magazine. It has it has um, F1 team, which I yeah. only know because my husband works. Racing. It has a F1 racing team. So forget me if I say Red Bull is plastered everywhere. So when you see that logo, you kind of know. And then obviously it's that same, it's something that there is to be said about marketing like Red Bull, but not in the way that they're talking about, which is obviously that power of association. Like mm-hmm. it, it just, it just matters. Like we, people started ca- catching on on the marketing rebel, which you can see because it's a podcast, but it's now on my hoodie as well. Oh, this way. 
even if you can't see, I'm still pointing at it. And that's one of the things people really caught on to, like the market two hearts as well, but definitely the marketing rebel, which just came to me six months ago as of silver lining. And that's what we call it ourselves. And it started catching on. So if whenever we say marketing rebels, people think about us. It's just like in my old company, we had an avocado as a logo and people gifted me avocado for years. And whenever people saw an avocado, they thought about creative impact. It's the same concept. There are some elements of power of association that matter. As you said, people like ourselves, that are smaller businesses. We want to be a bit nifty, but, you know, a bit more crafty when it comes to it and it will take longer. But that's what I see from Red Bull. So beyond the TikTok, what it really is, is that they are everywhere. They are everywhere and they are imbued in the lifestyle and the culture that they want to promote you know, fast racing, uh, you know, like adventures, sports and crazy things and like that. I think they also have their own uh, kind of like actual race, I think. So, you know what I mean? That's the thing, you know, that's how you, is that repetition, is that association. Uh, thank you for coming to my TED talk. And I just, I just thought it was important to mention as well. It's like, that's what people don't talk about and they don't see. That's where the power comes. So I agree with you. Um, and also it's, uh, it's interesting. I want to hear your opinion then now because you brought it up. Yeah, because I part of me really loves the idea of looking at case studies and examples of what brands are doing and what we can learn from them. But I think it can always, it can often be a double-edged sword if we don't remind ourselves of learning from it in a way that we see what can we take and experiment with rather than just because Stanley Cup does it, it means I have to do it as well. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think it's a, it's, it's a potentially a, a trend when it comes to the type of content that it is. So we see a lot now and maybe we'll wind down a bit. But yeah. I think if you're not an experienced marketer or a business owner that knows marketing as much, you might get it the wrong way. You know what mm. I mean? Yeah. There's inspiration and then there's monkey see, monkey do. And you have to be so picky when it comes to where you're taking your inspiration from and really justifying, does that make sense for my business? And yes, I can, you, can, you can do anything. You can do absolutely anything. But is it right for you? Can you put your spit on it? And don't get too emotionally attached to it when it doesn't do as well as that big business that posted it. And, and we talked about it also, talking about the certification that finished at time of recording and actually coming out this week. So well done, students, again. But as always, you brought in social media vibes and in the workshop, you talk a lot about trends as well. And you, mm. I love that you break down how to understand when to adapt and take on a trend. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to this sort of stuff. It's also like, I absolutely love to look at Christmas ads and kind of like read some of the little clever things that people do. I think it's interesting, but also once again, if you're looking at Christmas ads, you also have to remember that Apple has got gazillions. And even even just creating a compelling story with the right graphics or the right videos or the right anything takes time and money. So is always a thing bringing that perspective in. And so I love that you mentioned that because it's just doesn't make sense for me. Can I actually do this myself? I think that's the other thing is like, can I do it myself in a way that I am proud of? It makes me happy and it makes sense for my audience. The answer is no, you have to take a hard look and chance. And I think one of the problems that a lot of marketers and small business owners have together, since that's your target audience, is that we tend to be idea people. Most marketers I know are idea people, which is great because we want that as well. But the problem with being idea people is that choosing which ideas to pursue or not, going back to my flop, can be really hard sometimes, you know? And I think that's, that's one of the things anyway. Was this the second thing you found out about TikTok or was there, or this was more like yeah. an aside things? That was the other thing, <laughs> the, the Red Bull <laughs> no, thing. I've got another one. I've got another one. Well, go on, go on, go on. Okay. 
So this is the last the last one. After redefi redefining short form video, TikTok is aggressively pushing long form content. TikTok is now giving videos over a minute long five times greater reach. Or that's what they're promising anyway. Mad. Do you want to know how I feel about this? I'm like, when was a minute short form? How's, how's a minute long form, bruvs? You know? <laughs> you know what it makes me think about? I'm going to do a mental rewind. I don't think we can get a rewind sound. But if we rewind to... Wow. Okay. Beatbox. You're great. welcome. I'm available for parties. <laughs> That's all you need. I mean, I'm not sure if I would suggest that, but available for parties. Uh, but anyway, no, what I wanted to say was, uh, thinking about this, it kind of makes me think about what we talked about when it came to the Gary Vee story that I mentioned last time when you were on the podcast, like the idea of obviously having this kind of lottery sort of viral video platform, this new platform. Go and check out the episode if you want to. I don't remember mm. exactly the number, but I'll put it in the show notes because... I uh, need to check it, which roundup it was. But in that roundup, we talked about this and you made some excellent points about the positives and the negatives. And part of me is wondering, unless TikTok really wants to not just make headlines, but actually substitute YouTube as well as everybody else, let's be honest, which again, I generally don't know if I would watch on my phone a video these days for 30 minutes. The point is, it goes back to what you said last last time, which was it becomes a bit of a fad where everybody will now do 75 second videos to be pushed more until it doesn't work anymore. Not because the quality is there, or not because that video has to be 75 seconds, but just because they need to squish it in to make sure that they get the views. Am I being too cynical? Have I put a cynical hat on right now? Or am I making no, I any love sense? It. You're making so much sense. It's like the, the TikTok gods have said, I decree over one minute, get all the blessings from me. And so we're all going to run and be like, okay, TikTok gods, and we're all going to go and create videos that are over a minute long, and we're all going to think this is it. This is the video that gets five times more reach. And then it it won't unless you do the thing, unless like it goes viral or it's a really good piece of content, but you always have to come back to the quality. What are you posting? Why are you posting it? Where is it? Does it make sense to your brand? Because if it does, I don't think TikTok would... I don't think they're going to stop seven second videos going viral just because they want to put more of a push onto the one minute long video if the content of that seven second one is great. The the power of virality is still mainly in your audience's hands. If they like your video, it will pop off. If they don't, even if it's a over even if it's 75 seconds long, it won't. I love that and just to top it off is also that reminder of making sure that you create content, especially video content, which takes more time, that also you enjoy creating, at least to a certain extent. And I think we forget that some people, for some people, talking on script or without script for 75 seconds, two minutes, five minutes can feel a lot, especially if you don't have the confidence, especially if you rely on shorter videos because it's easier for you to create. So is that thing or like, putting pre-pressure on ourselves. And I appreciate in some ways why the apps are doing that to slightly shift the type of content that is created. But also then it goes back to, do you actually enjoy creating this type of content? And yeah. if so, do you really need to do 75 minute videos on TikTok? Yeah. <laughs> six hours on TikTok. <laughs> Just going for a spreadsheet on TikTok for six hours. That's quality content. Quality. <laughs> actually, so... Going into some of the predish, oh, there's so many good things. First of all, I want to say 
one thing I want to be again uh, not cynical five but kind of one of the predictions is 34 is one of those uh, articles from social media today which are good but yeah they have their moments and I love the fact that adding caption is becoming crucial why because it's important so that people can actually access your content this will be something that people will start doing and I was like part of me is like great and part of me is like it shouldn't be a trend People Why? use just captions because other people cannot access the content. It's accessibility. And it should, it's it been should about be, like a trend. It shouldn't be a trend. It should be always on all the time. You know, I don't like that. I mean, and it's good in principle. Like, we're doing something better. I'm celebrating that. But also, please don't use it as this is a hack to get better without user reach. I'm like, fine. But let's actually think about the people behind it instead. So that made me a bit like, good, but... Mm. Yeah. Other things that are just kind of to mention, obviously, uh, continued growth on TikTok. And also, this is what I want to hear, real dominance as well. Apparently, still keeping on going for 2024. Oh, no. I want to hear your opinion on that because this is like two kind of linked. Obviously, TikTok is going to continue growing, which I don't think is like one of those platforms like X that is probably going to disappear in a puff of smoke. But there was also this thing about real dominance still throughout the next year. How do you feel about that being Instagram one of your main platforms? Um, yeah, Reels do have a capacity for growth because they've got their own algorithm. But I don't think it's the only way to grow. I've seen there's so many platf- there's so many users that just post screenshots of text and they still are popping off. Like when the when the photo meme accounts stop growing, that's when I'll be like, yeah doesn't make sense i believe you instagram we should only post reels but until then i don't know i don't buy it reels are great if you're into it but you don't have to you actually made a really good point and i want to just highlight it again because obviously predictions are interesting and stats and data are great and we're going to actually look at some more reports uh, with other cohorts in the next coming weeks but especially the Hootsuite one has got some interesting stuff in it Mm -hmm. but i think it's always a reminder also of again looking at what potentially will keep on growing but also reminding yourself that it doesn't mean that it's the only way to grow and I think it's the blessing and the curse of things like you know the predictions of where where to go next again one thing for example is the rise of LinkedIn as a more organic and raw posting platform and also company pages now having more access to things so you can also post as your company and I love that but then part of me I'm gonna tap on the company page bit for a second it's also like if you already want to show up as a personal profile and now you feel you have to also be on a LinkedIn page as a company posting four times a week. I would like, you know, most people will run out and scream and be like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't be everywhere all, all the time. So I think that's the dark side of some of these kind of like predictions and things to look for in the next year. We are hardly here, unless it's from me, which I'm telling you now, do less. That's what I'm telling you, honestly, everybody. Do less if you can. Most people will tell you that. Most uh, platforms, people, brands, marketers, understandably will tell you, look at this new shiny thing or look at this new way of doing things or go to this platform. Rarely we say do less because naturally the marketing world evolves as there's always new things to look at. And I think that's one of the problems sometimes because that's what I've seen a lot of recently, like do this thing and now add SEO to your skill sets, which is great. But it's an extra thing. Got a bit of eye roll if you can see the podcast medium. Why did you eye roll? Uh, it's everywhere. I love, I, I love SEO. Oh my god, it's incredible. It does, it does the job. But it feels like 
everyone is just using it as a keyword of lol as a buzzword in their in their like packages now like like even the instagram girlies are talking about seo and i'm like stay in your lane like it's great it's just another thing it's another thing to add to the pie and it's so overwhelming for people who have just who are already feeling really bad about themselves for not keeping up with their threads account you know I always thought when it comes back, like Kesha, like you see Kesha flying with like threads in her hands. If you don't know the reference, go and listen to a couple of old episodes together. We talked about Kesha and (laughs) dying young (laughs) on threads. But I love that you mentioned that because it goes back to my plea to everybody who who was listening to do less. And it's very much unrequested advice, dear listener, I know. But I know one or two things about what I do. So trust me, I think if we do less but better, then we can focus better on things and we don't talk about it enough. And I want to mention the SEO thing. My other problem is then just like um, normal SEO has got things like keyword stuffing, which we talk a lot about. Again, clearly is our expert on SEO. So bless, I always refer to her because she's the best. We're going to have a masterclass on demand by her, by the way, on SEO next year. We should talk about SEO for websites. Just going to say mainly. But the problem is then, just like people would try to cheat the system for a website when it comes to SEO, then you see people being like, as you say, I'm overwhelmed. I need to add this now into everything else that I do. I'm just going to find a way to be more discoverable by just putting words randomly in my caption, putting things randomly all throughout my text. (sighs) Again, it defeats the point of what SEO should be about. And currently, social media platforms are not as smart to pick that up like Google is, like Google or Bing are more clever these days actually looking at what is real and what is just literally written for SEO. But, you know, Instagram, for example, is not like that. So I don't want to see like captions that are literally like SEO stuffing just so that people can find it. If I lost you because you're very new to SEO, then our tip is basically just to step back and don't worry about it. If I haven't lost you, I think most people that have a bit of an understanding, you will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I just love how strongly you feel about it. Because I've seen it a lot too. And I am less on Instagram than you are, I believe, these days, just because how busy I've been with the cohort. But even I have noticed that. Um, yeah. It's a constant chat about SEO. And part of me is like, this is great, but people don't even know how often they want to post on Instagram. They don't even know what to post on Instagram. Let's go back to the basics. And you talk about that a lot. Let's get back to the foundation, right? Always. But girls, guys, they thems. There is only two places on Instagram where SEO is being read right now. Your name and your username. That's it. So if you if you do what you want to, you're really being pulled to it because everyone's telling you I have to do something. Add in a keyword which is describes what you do into your name. So not the at, not your handle, but your name. So mine is Jessica content strategist and coach because if someone uses the explore page on instagram which they're not really doing but if they do and they search content strategist and coached i will pop up at some point somewhere if they search content strategist and coach on google they will not find my instagram account they won't i'm i'm not i don't know where i am there if you want to grow on instagram seo ain't the way to go Maybe future, maybe they'll like pop it in. But right now, collaborations and shareable content is all I want you to focus on. Like, don't worry about Instagram SEO. That's it. Leave it. 
you're ruffling the feathers. I like it. I embrace it. I, I want more of it. It's kind of funny though, because I feel both of us have actually been very vocal about some of these things because I found that that's been one of the things that, you know, when I look at all the new things that are coming, all the things that are rising, we don't talk enough about kind of stepping back and asking ourselves, okay, can I realistically look at this or learn, that's the other thing, learn about this, figure out how to adapt it, or should I just go back to basics and just, as you say, focus on the things that are working right now because that's where the actual needle gets to move on. So something to think about because Honestly, social media will always evolve and there will always be mm -hmm. something more to do. And actually having that like zen to be like, I'm going to step back and I'm actually going to kind of look at like all this. And I know that you talk about it a lot as well. We talk about it in general. Just figure out what you want to do. Figure out, you know, to figure out your strategy, you need to look at what has been working as well. So do a bit yeah. more of that and a bit less of random keywords in your captions, please. And thank you. That's that's what I'm going to say. You didn't go Now. Before we're off, we're moving to a very special part of our class today, which is called Lesson in Action. I want to give you one final practical marketing idea, either to try out or to think about yourself. And I want to go controversial because today, between Kesha running with threads in her hands and, <laughs> and just like TikTok dishing out like 55 hour videos kind of virals, there's another thing that I wanted to mention. And this comes from actually um, James Mulvey who worked on Mighty Network, which is really interesting as director of marketing. Ooh. And it's going back to content. And I kind of caught up with this a couple of months ago. I talked about it in our student community and I just want to share it with you as well, just because it's the end of the year, right? It's potentially a bit controversial, but an interesting lesson. And is that maybe, just maybe before the year ends, you should delete your backlog. Let me explain. So we all know that we all have I never end the list of content ideas, uh, suggestions, A-B testing from Instagram. Well, again, James Mulvey from Mighty Networks is going against this tide and is encouraging you to clean up completely your idea bank. All of the backlog of your all ideas and collections. Basically, get it all behind and kind of, he argues that you won't forget good ideas. He argues that you can actually think about only keeping a few things that really matters. And try to be more mindful about whenever you save some ideas, maybe testing, learning, and iterating, and then moving across things. Now, my personal suggestion from this idea is to, maybe as an alternative, having something a bit more dynamic. So instead of just saving all of your collections on Instagram or just having lots of ideas randomly, you can use templates like our own. We have an inspiration bank ourselves, but any template or anything where well, you can actually have maybe a date or a time or a place to categorize. And then you can have a one place to look at all of your ideas in categories. Obviously, if you do it in Notion, you can have the time that has been created. And then take some time every so often, depending on how much content you churn, to just review that and be ruthless with it. It's not necessarily go and clean everything out, but maybe still maybe be better at organizing your backlog, your content ideas, so that actually it doesn't become overwhelming kind of hoarding sort of attic mess. What are your thoughts? I love it. I'm team rage delete. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what happens with little, like tiny little evil eyes be like? Oh. Always. When when I get too many tabs on on my web browser, just close them all, rage. I recently just deleted all of the notes on my notes app. Every single nice. one. And I had, 
I think I had like 900 or something crazy like that. And I just deleted them all. And there was loads of stuff in there. But I was like, do you know what? It's messy. Bye. I'm a big fan of rage deleting. It's not the best way to do it. I think having a template like yours would serve me much better. I'm like, but there you go. That's how I do it. And I love it. It's it's one of those things, actually, because it made me think about, for example, I say this, but then when I looked at this, it made me think about the situation of my collections on Instagram. And I'm just like, at some point, I'm just going to go in. I did it once and I'm just going to do it again. I'm just going to go in and just clear it out. Like, because all of these ideas are fine, but if I don't action them at a certain period of time, and that's why, again, I like to have something external where you can put everything, because then it lives all there. You can have a look at it and be like, do I want to do anything with this? Yes and no. Move on. I think that's a big one for a lot of people, especially if you create content. You want to save the good content somewhere. And when we save it directly into the apps, let's be honest, most of us, unless you are a very rare breed of listener, action at all, you know? So either rage delete, like Jess, or again, still delete the whole backlog if you wish, like uh, James suggested, or even just find a better way to store it and categorize it. Again, micro project, but maybe not something too bad to do for this final month of the year. If you are, hopefully slow it down. You know, just going down. Like a Hallmark movie. Get your laptop out. Have a glass of cocoa. And just all good nights. Why do you feel like a middle-aged US housewife right now? Because I am. (laughs) Or could die hard like myself and then spend six hours fighting everybody else because it is a Christmas movie, goddammit. It is a Christmas movie. Thank you. Okay. And the other thing I don't think is the same. We'll hear your opinion. We'll disagree with it. But we'll be okay. (laughs) will be very much okay well team there was a lot this week we gave you a lot there was a lot of feelings a lot of strong feelings as well i think but jess thank you so much again and if people want to find out more about you or is there anything going on right now for you that we should know about please tell us before we close today's episode yes i am hosting a two and a half hour workshop called big biz energy It's a content alignment workshop for 2024. So you can, all those big goals you've got for next year, we're going to make sure your content aligns with those goals. We're going to be planning out everything from Q1 to Q4, evergreen content, content strategy, all that good stuff is happening. You can join in on this workshop if you are a member of the content club and our doors are open right now. You can join the content club for £30. And then you'll get access to the workshop and everything inside. The workshop's going to be on Saturday, the 9th of December from 10 a.m. till 12.30 p.m. And there'll be a replay again inside of the content club. So if you're not a member, you won't have access to that, but you can join and sign up today. Awesome. And as a reminder, you can find the link to the content club in the show notes because that's where we put the link. So go and check it out and join. And despite all the uh, gentle rage that's been coming out, as a reminder, especially this time of the year, because December is literally upon us now, is happening today, a time of listening. Be kind to yourself and others. And please remember that true marketing speaks to hearts, not just minds. And until next time, class dismissed. (laughs) 